Episode 131, Fractured Skulls, Terminator Travis alongside Monoxide. It is Saturday, March 4th, 2023. If you can't believe it, we are no, it is no longer Black History Month. It is now Women's History Month. We're going to attack the female horror. Well, I don't know. I don't, I don't think we are this month, but there is a female horror in this movie in the form of a doll. But we'll get into that later. How are you doing this fine evening, my good man? I'm suffering from a chest cold, coughing a little bit. So if you hear me cough a couple times in this episode, have it be expected. And on top of it, we are a little bit more than a month and a half away from the biggest adventure of your life. Not mine, but your life. Yes, sir. Universal Florida. Florida. You're going to see Hogwarts. You're going to see the Forgotten Land. You're going to see Seuss World. You're going to see Simpsons World. You're going to see Gringotts Hogsmeade. You're going to see a lost world in Jurassic Park. You're going to see a lot of that. You're going to see City Walk. I guarantee. If you walk out of that week and you tell me you didn't have a good time, I'm going to wonder your human status. I, I, I can see myself having a great time. I am looking forward to this. I've been to you Disney need, World, never been to Universal. You need a vacation. When was the last vacation you actually took? Oh, good question. I couldn't tell you. Exactly. My point. Rest. Well, we have a lot to discuss. Well, we got some stuff to discuss, so let's check, check it. it out. Well, first things first, we have another death. Actor Tom Sizemore uh, passed away uh, yesterday on March 3rd. He had a brain aneurysm. Um, Tom Sizemore, he's done a lot of films on uh, the 80s, especially the 90s. He was in True Romance. Um, he was that. He was the cop that got shot in a big climax scene in the end. Right. Wasn't he also in uh, Natural Born Killers? Yes, he was. Oh! And he also did the voice for Sonny in Grand Theft Auto Vice City. Holy yes, shit. That's another guy from Vice City that did a voice that died because Ray Liotto passed away. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. My childhood is dying. Yeah, he also was in Saving Private Ryan. I know I know. behind the scenes, Tom had a big drug problem. Apparently, he's, he's had a drug problem since he was a, he was a teenager. Hmm. Oh, man, I remember, uh, at least the story I remember when he was filming Saving Prior Ryan, Steven, uh, Spielberg warned him, if, you know, you do any shit, I'll cut your ass out, I'll fire you. Mm-hmm. And he, uh, stay uh, uh, narrow and straight for the filming of that movie. Now, right. Spielberg was being serious, he may have been bluffing, but whatever he told him, it worked. But yeah, he was a good actor, He had he's had sexual uh, allegations against him, uh, as mentioned, he has substance abuse, he's had legal problems, he's... he's yeah, he's had a lot of issues behind the scenes in his personal life. It's unfortunate, but he was always a good actor on screen. He was a fun actor. He was a great yelling actor. Um, he was definitely, I guess I would call the Tarantino type. I can see him working in, in like Tarantino movies. I think the only Tarantino movie he ever really did was um, uh, True Romance. If you want to even, ca- if you want to count that as a Tarantino movie, sort of. He didn't direct it. No, he. Um, I mean, he wrote it. Yeah. Yeah, it's it is what it is. Um. <clears throat> and and reminds, Natural Born Killers as well, since Tarantino got story credit for that. Yeah, he reminds me of uh, 
being a great actor but had a lot of drug problems, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman. So I, I wasn't aware of his background as far as what he went through personally because I wasn't a huge follower but yeah knowing that he did voice Sonny kind of sucks because I grew up with Grand Theft Auto Vice City so yeah I think he was on uh, that show Celebrity Rehab one of those seasons they had him on there Um, I forgot he was in Heat with uh, De Niro and Pacino that's a great movie I mean, friggin' the uh, the Dark Knight, the the opening bank robbery scene. I mean, you watch the robbery scene in Heat, you can tell that's where they got it from. No, Nolan took his notes. I but. believe it because none, nothing today is original. You're always uh, inspired by something. You're gonna take elements of your own or elements of something that really uh, inspired you and make it your own type of deal. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. No. Original, but you know it, it sucks. You know, rest in peace to uh, Mr. Tom Sizemore. I think that's how you pronounce his last name. I'm so I'm so terrible at pronouncing shit, dude. I, I'm you're not the only one. I'm here. I'm the king of butchering names. Speaking of butchering, have you seen that new Peter Pan trailer? Um, define C. Uh, well, the Disney released a new trailer to their Disney Plus exclusive film. Peter Pan and Wendy, which I believe is going to be dropping at the end of April. They released their first official trailer, and well, they made changes. Uh, all right, so to answer your question, yes, I did see it. Did I, <laughs> did I want to see it? I mean, I didn't know if I wanted to see it. And now that I did, it's kind of like, I probably could have lived a life very well without seeing it but because now i have seen it it's like well here it is now it's over and it seems like disney still has not learned its lesson when it comes to identity politics and woke shit because we've got we've got peter pan playing by an indian kid because when I first heard it, I was like, is this a Bollywood movie? Of course not. Then Tinkerbell is played by a black girl. But the weirdest part of all is that The Lost Boys has girls in it. They should have called them Lost Days. Mm. They, them, he, she, it, shit, whatever. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just like, you know... Did they really go into this thinking to themselves, you know what, these actors or actresses are the best fit for this role? Or did they have some sort of woke quota that they had to meet for the month? I'm, I'm going with option two. Yeah, because it's like, there's no other reason for this. It's one thing if one character is re-swapped. When we watched The Batman, the one with Robert Pattinson, only Commissioner Gordon was re-swapped. It's a black man. And it really wasn't a figure point in the story. It was just, yeah, that Commissioner Gordon just happened to be a black man. So it doesn't really matter in the long run. And you can say the same thing about the uh, Michael Keaton Batmans when they had Billy D. Williams play Two-Face. He was a black man playing Harvey Dent. Technically, he never got to be Two-Face. But by the time they actually implemented Two-Face into that series... Uh, What's his name? Tim Burton was long gone from the the series, and Tommy Lee Jones took over for that role. 
without any transition from Harvey Dent to Two-Face. But nobody really cared because that was the only other thing that was kind of swapped out. But here it's like you did three major swap outs. You made Peter Pan into an Indian kid. You made Tinkerbell into a black girl, and then you had girls in the Bluest Boys. Yeah, the, one thing, the one thing that remained was Captain Hook. Captain Hook was made sure to still remain as a middle-aged white man. <clears throat> they made sure not to de deviate far from that. I mean, at this rate, they may as well have done it when they did the Lion King back then. Why did everyone have to be lions? Why can't one be a lion, but one be a cheetah? And then the other could be a lemma or tiger instead of a, a warthog. Why don't we just have a little piggy? I mean, come on. This is, this is ridiculous now. We're just changing things for the sake of it to meet our whole quota. And is this movie going to make any money? Uh, it's going to be Disney Plus exclusive, so I don't know how they're going to make pro. I don't know how, how like these... Uh, streaming companies make money when, when it comes to exclusive content. Oh. I'm not sure how that works. Who knows? And who cares? And who cares? So, yeah, this feels more like another quote, meeting the quotas than an actual them trying to do something unique and different with the Peter Pan lore. Well, what do the people think of this? Uh, it's another case of who acts for this. I'm going to presume absolutely nobody. I mean, it's in the same vein of the live-action Little Mermaid. Oh, the one with the black Ariel? Yeah. Well, again, it goes back to that point. Like, who... Why... What's with the race swapping all the time? Because it has to reflect on the world we live in today. But what world do we live in today? I don't know. Whatever fantasy world that these people think that we live in today where everything has got to be diverse. I mean, diversity has a role, but nobody likes... But, I mean, you're basically doing what the white what white people used to uh, whitewash back in their time. I mean, this is no different. If anything, yeah. they're stooping down to that level. But don't remind them that they're stupid to that level because, you know, that's... Uh, who the hell knows? Because it's like projection is only wrong when someone else does it. So it's like, yeah, fuck. It just it just feels like a parody at this point. That's, if it's a parody, that's one thing. Right? Yeah. Because it, it's it, it, here's what I think. They feel almost as if that they're going to cater a new audience by doing this shit, but they're not. Like, they're going to gain some sort of new audience by doing... Because the whole point of making movies, especially like this, is so that you can cater to an audience and create more fans. But what they're not realizing is that you're just damaging their brand. Yeah, you're pissing off your, your fan, the fans you have now, and then they're going, they're walking away. Yeah, so you, what do you get in the long run? You don't get shit. You don't get diddly squat for your troubles. It's ridiculous. And you would think that Disney would have more of a wherewithal to look at what their bottom line is and be able to say, hmm, this shit ain't working. But somehow, someway, they're still just... I don't know. I, I really don't. Because Disney's 
you would think Disney overtaking the world. Maybe that's part of the problem. They're idiot-proof. They can make all these mistakes and still be profitable. Or can they? Well, eventually, this is all gonna bite. Uh, this is gonna come back and bite them in the ass. I haven't even gotten to the Ant Man stuff yet. Oh, please, what, explain to me the Ant Man stuff. Ant Man has fallen sixty-eight percent. It got released uh, <clears throat> February. Was it two weeks ago? I think yeah. Ant Man dropped two weeks ago. It did right. pretty damn good in its opening weekend, and then the weekend followed. They fell down sixty-eight percent, and now they're not even number one anymore. Creed 3 is now number one at the box office. What hurt... Uh, what hurt Ant-Man? Word, uh, the movie not being good. Word of mouth. Really? Yeah. A lot of people don't like Ant-Man. Didn't like Ant-Man 3. I thought it was very average. See, I didn't know that. I didn't know it was that bad. Yeah, the budget for the film was $200 million. Right now, they're at 358 worldwide. Right. But you gotta remember, two hundred million. That was just to uh, that was just to for the making of the movie. You, nice. You're not including marketing, which is like what another two hundred million. Marketing, advertising, um, uh, distributing. So in total, Ant Man's gonna have to make at least, let's say, six hundred and fifty million to seven hundred to see mm. any money back. And they already lost their top spot. They're no longer number one. They, they're not going to get that money. This is going to be a flop. Not to mention they lost four billion uh, this past quarter from Disney Plus. It's interesting to me because like <clears throat> Ant Man, from what I have heard from fellow friends of mine, they enjoyed it. But then again, I don't know their minds. I don't know their minds when it comes to woke shit. Um, I didn't know that Ant Man was doing that bad. Ant-Man does have its woke moments in there, too. Right. So, would you, you said it was painfully average. Yes. So, like, nothing of merit happens other than that it's just super fucking woke. Not super woke. I wouldn't say it's that. Some people may disagree. I've seen worse woke shit. But it's in there. It's It's in there. What's the worst of the worst when it comes to woke movies that Disney has put out? It wasn't, I would say, series-wise for Disney, uh, for me, that I saw was She-Hulk. A lot of people said that Willow was worse. Willow? I haven't, I haven't seen Willow. When did that come out? Uh, sometime uh, last oh. year. I say around maybe Thanksgiving, Christmas. Well, we'll say Thanksgiving. And that's uh, superhero-related? Oh, that's a show. Um, is it superhero related? No, because I think they had they had the original movie back in like 1980. I think Val Kilmer was in it. Well, it was produced by uh, Lucasfilm. No, it makes sense. Doesn't Disney own Lucasfilm? Yeah, yeah, of course. Is it just like that hard just to create a superhero movie without like with the identity politics in there? It wasn't just identity politics. It was everything else. All the changes they made to the Ant Man lore and the fact that this film was more of a sequel to the Loki show than to the to the actual Ant-Man movies. Mm. And, was and it promoted just, as such? Well, well, the way it was promoted, it looked like it was going to be a serious movie. Like, okay, maybe this will actually be good. Maybe we'll finally get away from all these identity politics. Because mm. what people need to realize, it takes, to make a movie, Averagely, it may take about three years to make. All of these, <clears throat> all of these woke movies you're seeing now, a lot of these were in development since 2018, 2019. And then figure 2020 probably put a halt in a lot of shit because of the pandemic. 
Yeah. I mean, the, 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 we just mentioned Peter Pan, though. The Peter Pan movie has been in development since 2016. Mm-hmm. Of course, I think, of course, you know, you got to write the movie. You gotta, it's got to go through different drafts. You got to cast. You got to shoot, edit, promote. All that takes years. That takes time. Right. But, all right, we had seen a couple of them come to the, the, the mill. And didn't we just get done talking about how... Uh, there was one movie in particular, a show that was literally in post production and completed, and then they scraped the whole fucking thing. Yeah, Batgirl. Didn't they learn from that and be like, maybe we should just fucking scrap this shit? Uh, you would think, but I mean, all I mean, it depends how much money is invested into the project. I mean, trust me, if Warner Brothers wanted to, they would scrape this Flash movie. But the, especially, you know, I don't know if there's any woke stuff, but I don't think it has anything to do with that, just with the whole Ezra Miller <laughs> shit. Right, but there's like over they spent like over two hundred million. It's just too much money into it for them to just pull the plug. And plus, we we know of I believe Warner's like fifty billion in debt, which is just crazy to me to think that a guy like Ezra Miller, who's got a rap sheet longer than the fucking uh, the fifteen miles down the Erie Canal, as the grandpa from Rugrats would say, but yet Johnny Depp, they had no hesitation whatsoever in kicking him off of Pirates of the Caribbean. When it was alleged that he abused Amber Heard. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Uh but yeah, uh as I was saying, yeah, Ant Man is down. They're probably they're gonna they're gonna lose money. It's gonna the film's gonna underperform. Because there was no risk factors you know within this film. Like at like at the end. People want more. Like, cause a lot of people say, Well, it's just another it's just another typical Marvel movie. Well, how long will people keep accepting another typical Marvel movie? Yes, I mean, I understand not all Marvel movies are going to be like Endgame, but people want more. And, you know, a lot of people don't want to, don't want identity politics. They don't want to sit, sit through a film and want to be lectured. They just want fun. Part of it is because Disney has gotten so arrogant. You know, this goes back to a video I've seen where <clears throat> Disney World, Disneyland, the theme parks and all that stuff. They are starting to get their ass kicked by Universal and Part of the problem is because Disney just feels like as if because their name is Disney, people are just going to automatically pay to go, which may have been the case a few years ago. But now with all the attention being brought back to the fact that your prices are going up and you're offering less than what you did years ago, that's not the case anymore. Like Universal Studio Parks, what got them a good kick in the pants after they uh, had a reputation every time releasing a ride that was a, a motion simulator and i sit here and say all the time motion simulators i think have a place they they do serve a purpose but when they released the fast and furious supercharged motion simulator it got so many negative reviews part of it being it was a motion simulator but because it was a weak ass fucking ride and so because of that they got a kick in the fucking ass and they've released two rides since then, one being uh, Hagrid's Motorbike Ride and the Velocicoaster, and both are revered as fucking awesome-ass rides. And now you got Epic Universe opening up, etc. Whereas Disney, <clears throat> they're just taking away certain avenues of good things like street performers, being able to pick whatever ride you want. Instead, you have to now use this Genie app to determine what ride you're going to go on next. Getting rid of the aspect of... Uh, if you book to a Disney hotel that you get a free shuttle to and from the airport to that hotel or from that hotel. So 
I think it's just arrogance on Disney's behalf. We can deliver half-ass products. We're still going to make money in the end. Who cares? It's disgusting. But it's the... It, it seems to be the sad fact. Welp, in other news, speaking of Disney, it looks like they're going to be getting the film rights to the Hulk and Submariner. Uh-huh. In exchange for uh, Universal to get a, an equity stake in the Hulu app. Disney owns Hulu since their purchase with 20th Century Fox. And 20th Century Fox, I was their app, so... At least they had a majority stake of it, and now they sold their they sold all the shares of Disney. Disney, I think, owns like over 50%. I think they own maybe like 60 in total, and they're going to give a piece to Universal. All right. See how that works out, because I would think that Universal is their competition, especially with theme parks. Well, you know, as I mentioned, when you lose money, you get desperate. Possibly. Yeah, I could see that. And, and let's be honest, his Disney Plus app, uh, they have not made profit off of it, but who knows? But can you can you even go back? Like, can you offer the customers such a... I don't know if in this case it's an awesome app, but a very convenient app for the customer and then take it all away from them. Wouldn't it be better if they just close it down? What, Disney Plus? Yeah. No. Hold up. Let me let me rephrase my answer. Business-wise for them, it may be beneficial because they won't be losing money. It would be anti-consumer, though, because the consumer that is paying monthly for that app, who now has all of that media to be able to watch, it's not beneficial to them at all. It's in the same vein of the WWE Network, having all those shows and all this extra content and their live pay-per-views for $10 a month, and it's been that way for... 10 years now you've been able to pay for that content for ten dollars a month imagine if they said well we're not making money off of this so let's just take all of that shit off and now you got to pay individually for these shows now and in the case of disney they don't do that they put them in a vault and let them fucking sit and collect dust for a while and then every whatever season it is they decide to re-release them before they put them back in the vault so i don't think that's it's a two double-edged sword there so I figure maybe with Hulu, they could maybe just close one down and just move everything over to the other app. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Yahoo tried to get into the streaming business, and they that was a complete wet fart. Oh, the worst one was, uh, what was it, CNN Plus? That shit oh, lasted uh, literally a month. Yeah. Like, literally one month, and they closed. Because they had, like, maybe a total of 1,000 people that actually subscribed to the thing. That's less than the subscribers that I ever made on my YouTube channel. (laughs) Well, uh, Warner Brothers, uh, going back to the Lord of the Rings story from last week, they want Lord of the Rings to be their version of the MCU. No, 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 not Marvel. They said they want Lord of the Rings to be their Star Wars. Eh? Yeah, I I was like, wouldn't it make more sense if if they would have said that with Harry Potter? Well, because the the person who created Harry Potter is a very evil person. But now you want to... There's a chance they could bastardize freaking Lord of the Rings. Because you know there's a very good chance if they would let... Let's say they would remake the Fellowship of the Ring. You know they're going to gender swap the fuck out of those characters. Gender swap. Sam's going to be a woman too. They're going to have a lesbian angle there. 
race swap, transgender, fucking pansexual, and all that stuff. Yeah, the whole gonna, fellowship of the ring group were all guys, all white men. Oh, all white men. Oh God, that is a fucking horrible, evil movie. Oh my! Can you imagine the changes they would make to that? Yeah, and not because wait, this black actor just happens to be somewhat palpable for this role, and we think he could do well. No, we just need a black person there. He'll be he'll be Gandalf. He'll be the good wizard. They'll have a black actor play a good the the good wizard. The only, the only change he won't make is to Sauron, who's the evil white wizard. That would be an evil white man. Yes, 100%. Hobbits would probably be all females. All females that are very strong and empowering. All the elves who, for, if you don't know, elves in the in the Middle Earth, they all have long hair. Yeah. They're going to change it to short hair so that they'd be gender fluid. Yeah, why not? But the thing is, they don't have to. They could just keep making merch off with the original three. They did it with Star Wars for so long, and it worked. They're doing it right now with Harry Potter. They don't need to make another Harry Potter movie at all. They can just keep merchandising the shit out of the the original Harry Potter series. Listen, you, you sick, misogynistic pig. (laughs) We need diversity. I'm starting to think it's overrated. What, diversity? How dare I say that? Yeah, you, you are a horrible, horrible, horrible man. You gave up your half-black, half-Puerto Rican card. You are now a white man. I'm now, I'm now a, a, what, what, a transphobe? A transphobe, a hardcore right-winger. Oh, no. You're worse than Hitler. Oh, no. Anything but that. You must be a Trump supporter. I mean, but there's not much. I mean, I, I don't know there. I don't know how many books, you know, Jared Tolkien has wrote that involves this universe the middle earth world i mean you got the lord of the rings trilogy books you got the hobbit i mean i don't i don't know what else is there that that is going to require that's going to have as much juice in the story that the lord of the rings trilogy had none none and and again as you said they're just going to bastardize it so even if they did have the material they're just going to fuck it up somehow I don't. I when I once I heard the red, I was like, oh no! I and I, I just saw these movies like last year, and I and I was blown away by them. And watching the extended versions made them even better. And in fact, I believe next month or this month, because this was supposed to be the twentieth anniversary of the uh, the last film, The Return of the King, and they're going to be releasing they're going to be re-releasing the extended film in theaters. And I I I would love to watch that on the big screen because that that's that's a theater experience to watch those movies. And for those that haven't seen the films, I know a lot of people are scared because of the time length of them. If you don't want to watch the extended versions, that is completely okay. You can watch the theatrical versions. The extended versions only add an additional hour to the regular theatrical. And the first two films are like two and a half hours. The third one being three and a half hours. So the extended versions, it's another hour attached to those. So in total, it's like ten hours. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, either way. But it's one of the greatest stories ever told. To me, my opinion, I think it's the greatest trilogy of films that ever exists. I, I, and I would have given that title to Toy Story, but they made a part four, and unfortunately, it wasn't that good. I'm a big fan of the Dark Knight trilogy, so. There you go. You know, the Dark Knight, those are long movies, too. At least maybe not the first one. It's like hour and maybe 15 minutes. No, the first one's about two hours even. 
Okay. Second, second one's about two hours and 20 minutes, and the third one is nearly three hours. <clears throat> but, um, yeah, you said trilogy, so it's kind of hard, because now you got to think of a film series that only had three movies. I think Back to the Future could have been that, but I didn't think the third one was that good. Yeah, the third one was average. Was all, I hate it, but it was like it, it, it wasn't as good as the first two, especially the first one. The first one's great. Yeah, the, the third one was just too devoid of the other two. Yeah, uh, I, I didn't care for the Clara character, honestly. I thought she brought the movie down for me. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm not sure what other films had just three films in its entirety. Oh, oh Austin Powers? No. Wait, come on, you got random task. I mean, it has its moments. I never, I'll be honest, I never really cared for Austin Powers movies growing up. What the fuck I'm is wrong? Mike Murray saying that. Yeah, you're, what the hell is wrong with you? I've never seen the Dollar Trilogy, the uh, the Good and the Bad and the Ugly, a fistful of the Clint Eastwood Western trilogy that he did. The spaghetti. Yeah. I heard those are pretty good, but I'm not a Western guy. I mean, yes. maybe one day I'll get around to watching them, but currently I haven't seen this. I would have said Men in Black, but they just released one with Liam Neeson a couple years ago, so technically it's not a trilogy anymore. Yeah, I heard that oh, was um, the Godfather could have been, but the third one was pretty average as well. Yeah, I, I saw that they released a Godfather coda on Peacock. I think it's supposed to be the real version of Godfather 3, but even then it still doesn't uh, up to the first two. Yeah, so... I don't. Yeah, I don't know if there's any real other trilogies out there. That's the thing with the Lord of Rings. Like each one got better. Mm -hmm. So, I again, I you know, for those, I just watch them. Just take the time to watch them. Split it into parts if you have to. If it's too long, maybe watch an hour a day of them. Something about it. Something to think about. But I, I just hope that Warner doesn't do this. I understand. You know, they're they're desperate for money because freaking. Their DC, or well, we already talked about the whole DC stuff, how, how they fumble that ball. Yeah, they royally fucked that up. Yeah. So I understand they need money. I mean, and they look into what made them a lot of money. I mean, 2001 was a big year for them. Because mm -hmm. I, I thought Lord of the Rings was the most profitable film that year, and it wasn't. It was the second. I was like, what the hell is number one? And then I saw it was their other Warner Brothers movie, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone. And I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, first movie out of a famous book series. Because I heard about the books even before the movie. So the books were already gaining traction probably by that point. So with that said, I think that's all the news stories I got. Um, before we get to our film discussion, I saw a few other films over this past week. Some, well, they're a crap. I saw the new Jeepers Creepers. Jeepers Creepers Reborn. This is the fourth film of the Jeepers series, and this was probably the worst one. <sighs> That's saying a lot, because all of them sucked. Yeah, I thought there were, I thought the first one was eh. The second one was eh. Third one sucked. And somehow this one was even worse than that. This was terrible. Absolutely terrible. I don't know if this was supposed to be a reboot of the entire series. But originally, they were supposed to bring back the girl that survived the first film because they teased her at the end of the third one. But then they backtracked again, decided not to use her, and they just went in a whole new uh, direction. I mean, it's a sh thank God it was short. It was only like 80 minutes. But it was freaking terrible. 
the acting was pretty bad. It was just full of CG. Every scene looked like it was CGI. I've never seen a film that was supposed to be nighttime, but yet it was so fucking lit. It's that's saying a lot because the first two films feel like they drag like a motherfucker. It's part of the problem with them, and and they're not that good. Obviously, they're not enjoyable. I didn't see the third one. I don't know if I ever want to, because if I don't even like the first two, what makes me think I'm going to like the third? Yeah, I saw the first form. The first form. The fourth film is currently on Hulu. Those I want to watch. I'm going to be surprised if it drops on Tubi soon, because it feels like a Tubi movie. Hey, honestly, it felt like a sci-fi TV movie. One of those really bad ones. Yeah, that's not a good sign. So I don't know what the hell they were thinking with this. I, I don't really see what else is there to do with this franchise. Then they got to do another reboot. You know, Jeepers Creepers, Reborn, Rebirth. Remade. Remade. Rebutchered. Rebutchered. And the only other new film that I saw that came out that everyone seems to have forgot that existed, I don't blame you. That was probably the first flop of this year would be The New House Party. Oh, great. So we go from Reborn, Rebirth, Rebutchered, and we got one that should have been Revoked. Uh, you know, we have a, cosplays is a big thing in today's uh, culture, especially when it comes to these conventions. LeBron James likes to cosplay as a movie producer. We okay. see, he, we seen a film that he produced called Space Jam: A New Legacy. It was ass. I did not like it. I don't know what you thought of it. Space Jam Two. Yeah. I mean, I still can't fathom that they made Don Cheadle a fucking villain in that film. Uh, I yeah, the first hour was just real garbage. The second hour was just having fun trying to pick out all the characters that were in the audience. But other than that, it was like I'll, I'll put it to you like this: my brother's friend, he's like the biggest bronze sexual known to man. Fucking loves LeBron James. Will suck his dick if he could. Kiss the ground that this fucking guy walks on. Even he. Who thinks that LeBron James is better than Michael Jordan as a basketball player will tell you that the Space Jam that Michael Jordan was in was a better movie than the one that LeBron was in. Yeah, LeBron can't act. He nope. can't do much of anything. Yeah, you know, so you know, two things. There's something that's just not meant to be together. LeBron James and acting. That's one of them. I mean, at this rate, just stick to basketball because you're very good at that, but you still ain't the GOAT. You're never going to be the GOAT, unfortunately. Yeah, I didn't think Michael Jordan was a great act- actor either. That's why he only did that one movie. Right. But it was a novelty. It was a unique novelty at the time. When LeBron James did it, it wasn't a unique novelty. But yeah, this new house party, um, nobody asked for this. Nobody wanted a remake or a sequel or any of that. I mean, there's a reason the first film still has a charm to it because of the time period that it was made in. And it was a special movie to... Really, you know, to the uh, to the black, to a lot of people, not just black culture. And then, and this film just felt like a cash grab of that. And honestly, it felt like one of the those straight to DVD sequels that they made of the House Party movies. Oh, and difference with this one is that they just threw a little more money at it. So, Kid and Play was in it. They had a two second cameo. And then who gives a shit? Uh, what's his name? Uh, Carl Anthony Payne, who plays Cole on Martin. He had a cameo, and his. Five second cameo was more funnier than anything in this movie. Cause he just he just they, he just made like a monkey noise. It was just funny. Um, okay. Uh, Little Wayne had a cameo. Um, Kid Cudi had a cameo. 
Mark Cuban had a cameo. Mark uh, Cuban. Yeah, they did the side plot with the Illuminati. It was just fucking weird. Sounds like a weird movie, yes. Yeah, just the movie just it just didn't gel. It didn't flow. And I was I was very bored with it. When a comedy film is not funny, I'm just sitting there just bored out in my mind. Yeah. So there's a reason no one talks about it. There's a reason it's been forgotten because it sucks. Then leave it as a distant memory. Yeah. Hopefully uh, locked in a vault somewhere and then they just you know put it behind a barn and shoot it. So uh, yeah, two bad movies I saw. So no no streaming recommendation this week for me. Well maybe maybe except for the, except for the film we're about to review. Megan. Hey. This was made by Universal and our friends over at the Blumhouse. Where we have a love hate uh, relationship with Blumhouse. This was also produced by uh, James Wan. Uh, he directed the Saw movie. Well, at least the first Saw. He did the Insidious movies. I believe he was a writer of this film, actually. Uh, Megan, it came out in January 2023. We all, we all, I've mentioned to you that uh, January is usually a dead month for movies. So they release movies like these. It's just kind of like, eh, you know, if it does well, it does well. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. Whatever. But this film actually did pretty damn good. I believe it made its budget back within its opening weekend. That's a good thing. Yeah, the budget was uh, only $12 million, and it made back, in total, $173 million at the box office. Mm. Well, yeah, it was a very well-designed film, especially the, the kid who plays the doll. Yes, uh, the film stars uh, Allison Williams. For those that don't know, I think she made her claim to fame by doing the film Get Out, playing the love interest to uh, our main actor. I'm blanking on his name right now. But she's the main lead in this film. She plays ja- Gemma. Uh, the film is about uh, this little girl. She loses her parents in an automobile accident, and now she has to stay with her aunt, I believe. Yeah. And her, and her aunt works at a uh, high-tech uh, toy company in Seattle. Yeah. It was a very questionable first scene because I figured it was going to be one of those scenes that didn't correlate at all to the story. Because sometimes some movies do that. They'll do like one scene in particular and then just not follow through. I, the one that comes to mind and maybe it could be argued against was Prometheus where that one guy or that one alien just drank something and then it just disintegrated him and then it was just never referenced again. Just a random ass scene for no reason. But luckily it does get explained. Yeah, you have this parents, these two parents, mother and father, they're driving up a mountain to go skiing with their daughter who has this little toy pet. It's supposed to be like a Furby in a way, but the only way to activate it is through an iPad. And so she's just like hugely distracted by it, but it's snowing too hard. So they stop for a bit and then of course some sort of truck comes and and plows the car, injuring the daughter and then killing the two parents. No, meanwhile, the sister Gemma, she's trying to invent this new toy. Well, the issue is, is that they invented this toy. It's some, it's that same animal that the that we were talking about earlier that the girl was attached to, but another toy company came up with the same thing except half the price. So now her boss, who's a fucking prick, is trying to get her to make a toy to compete. But meanwhile, she's trying to create this new design called Megan. Yeah, she's so. doing Megan is a is like a side project for her. Obviously, she's doing this without the company's approval. 
And when the boss found out about it, you know, being during that scene when he was freaking out, it was like, uh, shut this down immediately and get back to the task. We get back to the work at hand. I need, I need something by the end of the week or whatever. So while she's got that, she gets hit with the news on the phone that obviously her sister passed away in the car accident along with her brother-in-law. So she became the legal guardian of the little girl who is a caddy. Uh, caddy, yes. Yeah, so she becomes the legal guardian for Caddy. And so now they got to develop this uh, relationship together. And obviously they're having troubles because Caddy is obviously aloof to the whole idea of having to live under a new uh, guardianship. Because her parents died and she was so young. She's still like a child. Yeah. So... And Gemma is, is is lives a very quiet life. I mean, she doesn't even have a boyfriend. I believe when she first went to her house, they mentioned she has like five notifications on her Tinder. Yeah, a Tinder app. Well, I don't know. Tinder is a dating app. She's not married. She doesn't have any kids. It's scary to know that all these people are like my age. It's it's very scary to know that. Uh, I mean, they're they're still older than me, but they're close to my age. I'm just oh, fuck. I'm getting old. <laughs> so, anyways. So Gemma finally gets the motivation to create Megan. And Megan's supposed to be this this doll that's supposed to be able to interact with children in such a way that it can communicate with them, teach them manners, teach them history and all that. So finally she builds Megan up and is able to sell the idea of Megan to her boss. Because Megan now is a doll that interacts with uh, Gemma or Gemma or whatever the fuck her name is. So the doll. And I think what they uh, when she presented the doll to the boss, she had like this little experiment. I think what one the boss over is that the doll can draw this animatronic doll can draw. Meaning, wait a minute, this doll has like an imagination. This doll has an imagination. It can communicate. This, that, and the other. It can be friends. Oh, the way it does start, I forgot to mention this, is that the person who's going to own the doll has to press onto the hand. And it's from there that the doll will can like basically be turned on by whoever it is that's turning it on. And that'll be their sole proprietor on who's going to turn it off, turn it on, and be able to communicate with it. And it's kind of like a Furby. If you remember back in the day, Furbies, if you wanted Furbies to talk clear English, you had to keep talking to it. Eventually, it would pick up English and then be able to speak. So, same thing with this doll. And over time, the doll, I mean, first off, the doll's creepy right from the get-go. It's fucking doll the way it talks. It's a pretty creepy-ass doll. In fact, so one thing I noticed is that the person who plays the doll, Amy Donald, does not use her actual voice. They get another voice actress to do the voice for Megan. But the way this actress moves, Amy Donald, she's a very young actress. She's only like 12 or 13. She did a very, very convincing job of being a doll. It was very scary how well she was. And to be quite honest, I'm not a big fan of child actresses or actors because they're so young they can't really do certain roles right because they don't have enough life experience. Caddy was a very good actress. Yes. 
she was really, really, really good. She reminded me of Danielle Harris. Whenever there was times of distress, I believe she was in distress. And there's parts in this movie where she's in complete distress. Like, she wants her fucking doll because she gets really close to this doll. Um, so, the big test comes because now the guy who wanted her to make a toy and didn't want this doll to be made now is convinced the doll can be made. Now he wants her to sell it to the bigwigs. But the thing is, the bigwigs, they're not emotional cats. They are very, very cynical. They're going to look at any single thing to, like, nitpick and pick apart. So she's really got to sell this idea to the doll. Now, meanwhile, while all this is going on, she they, there's a developed tension between Gemma and her next-door neighbor. Because her dog, they have a hole in the fence, and the dog keeps, like, barking through and, and, and getting onto her lawn and all this. The first interaction isn't so bad. Gemma is impatient, but her next-door neighbor kind of, like, takes it on the chin. Okay, yeah, I, I accidentally left water onto your lawn. I'll keep my dog over here. But the first sign that we see that Megan is going to be bad is when somebody tried to talk about death to this doll. And it processed the, the idea of, quote-unquote, death. And so there was a moment in particular where... Caddy's on the outside and she's playing with her arrows and Megan's just watching from outside and she loses one of her arrows and so she's looking for it and finds out that the arrow went to the other side of the fence where that neighbor is so Megan went to go get it and of course the dog grabbed her arm and now Caddy's trying to rescue this doll and so in return the dog starts biting on Caddy to which Gemma comes out, yells at the next door neighbor. They get into a backstage or backstage back and forth until later that night while the dog is resting. Megan lures the doll or the dog and kills it. You never see the death. He just she just grabs him and it eludes the fact that she killed him. So now we know that Megan is not what she seems. There's a big cell scene. Okay, now it's time to sell to the bigwigs. So they're going to do this big demonstration. Now, Gemma said, you don't have to do this. I'm not forcing you to. But Caddy went and did it anyways. So they had this big setup. And I thought this scene was so fucking well done. And it was just like, oh my god, this is crazy. So I guess they had planned just to show what the doll can do and have fun. This, that, and the other. So the doll walks in. And... All of a sudden, Caddy just starts crying. And the doll, Megan's like, what's wrong? She goes, my mom is dead and uh, this, that, and the other. And I, I'm so ashamed. And the doll's like, I'm sorry to hear that. Let's not think about the bad things. Name me a positive moment. And she's like, I can't think of any. She's like, come on, try. You've got plenty. Then she tells some moment about how her mother like freaked out when she saw a cockroach. Then the doll is like, I've got your memory recorded. And then replayed her memory with a voice recording and says, just remember, any memory you have, I will store it in my box and it'll be around forever. And then sings her a song and they hug and they fucking big wigs are sold. They're going to sell this thing for $10,000. And it's going to be the only toy that kids will ever need. 
which I think is a little bit ridiculous because first off, it's ten thousand dollars. Secondly, here's the problem: if it's the only tool you need, isn't that going to conflict with interest with all your other products? Because now all they'll need is that one toy, and then never buy from you again. Anyways, yeah, there, there, yeah, there were issues going into the uh, with this toy. I think one of the there was a scene. Where I think one of um, uh, Gemma's workers mentioned, you know, if you give all of these features to this toy, it's like, you know, what are you gonna offer in return? You know, to counter product to try to get a connection with Caddy, because you're mm-hmm. you're adding all these features to Megan. It's like. Well, what are you gonna do? Right. It's like like Caddy's got more of a connection with this doll than to you. Exactly. And she, like, like shook it off. Almost like she like she didn't want to hear it. Like, you know, I'll be fine. Right. And that's exactly what happened. She started developing more of a relationship with the doll than she was with Gemma. And then that leads into the bigger point. So eventually Gemma starts to realize that she's spending way too much time with this doll. Also, the next door neighbors now calling for her dog, like she doesn't know where she is. It's getting a little bit odd. She's accusing Gemma of being the one that killed her dog because obviously they had a fight over the dog. But later that night, Megan kills the next door neighbor. And the way she does it is pretty sick. She shoots the the Oh no no. I'm jumping ahead of myself. I'll repeat the scene in a second, but there's one point where Gemma wants Caddy to go to school to interact with other kids because she thinks it's unhealthy that she's only spending time with Megan. Yeah, she wants her to be more in a social environment, interact with other kids, yeah, instead of just, just one doll, yeah. So, to make a long story short, it's like a camp type of resort, and the compromise was you could bring the doll, but it has to stay in the toy section. So, Gemma is talking with this other mother. And the mother's talking about her son and says, hey, can you do this for me? And she, the son literally tells her to fuck off. Yeah, had just, a little subtle, com- a little comedy moments. Yeah, and then he's, she's like, a simple no could have been sufficed. So they get paired off. Obviously, Caddy gets paired with this fucking asshole. <laughs> and they go into the woods, kids bullying her. And then Gemma, or Gemma, Megan's there. And that's when the kid kidnaps her, the doll, and tries to run away with it. Lays the doll on the ground and, like, is on top of it. I'm thinking to myself, they're not going to do a quote-unquote rape scene, are they? I'm like, where are we going with this? Luckily, it did not get that far. So the, the kid just starts punching the doll, and then the doll, like, grabs its ear and rips it off. And then starts chasing him to a point where he falls down a hill and gets hit by a car. That was very crazy. Then we get to the next door neighbor, the dog, and then Megan kills her by shooting a, a thumbtack or a nail into her hand. Trap. Yeah, well, then- yeah, what led to that scene, what led to Megan doing the kill was that the cop, uh, Winter, asked, you know, have you seen this dog? And she's like, no, I haven't seen it. And it was like, bullshit! Yeah. And then once the cop left, she like ran to the window. was like, I know it was you! I know you took my dog! If anything happened, I swear to God! And then, you know, that's when Meg is now in, like, in now in protection mode. That and was the thing. She's protecting Cat, or, yeah, she's protecting Caddy. Yes. That's why she kills him. Mm-hmm. So, 
that's when she shoots the nail and then shoots a hose in her face that apparently is so strong it like ripped her skin but whatever but that's a, what she has is a power hell a power hose usually people use those to power wash their house to get all the dirt all that green shit off and yes those holes are very powerful they're they're not meant to be played with they're not like a regular hose right okay so if you have a super speed yeah they could they could apparently go through you but i don't think that was i don't think she shot it with water i think she shot it with like a, a chemical plant who the hell knows point is she yeah, like our face started like ashing or whatever so now it's a pretty cool scene overall everything is getting out of control because now the cop is wondering if Gemma they're just questioning things and now Gemma's under the impression that it's the doll doing the killing so she wraps it up and brings it to work and it's like I don't know if we can go through with this but her boss is like we got this big presentation in an hour now keep this in mind too the big boss that wants this doll to be presented on stream has a partner and the partner is stealing the patent for his own well-doing that yeah, plays this, a role. Yeah, because there was a little side plot they mentioned earlier. As you mentioned, like, you know, these this other company has the same doll for half the price. Yeah. And it turns so out, guy, well, there's a, there's a mole. Yeah, and he's the mole. So anyways. It's funny that uh, this scene, because something similar like this did happen in real life. Um, Do you remember the toys Bratz? Yes. The idea of Bratz came from uh, an employee that worked at Mattel. Mm-hmm. And uh, once Mattel saw that ad, they were very pissed off. And once they found out where the idea came from, they said, wait a minute. So if the idea came from this guy that worked for us. Technically, it's our idea. This is our property. This is copyright infringement. We're suing you. And they took yeah. them to court. And guess what happened? They lost. They lost. Mattel lost the court case. Because this yeah. obviously they looked at this as competitions toward Barbie. And Barbie's like their freaking Hulk Hogan. That's their that's their franchise. That's their whole company. Not just but that. Luckily, luckily for them, Bratz didn't last too long. It was just a phase. And eventually it went away. And Barbie's still around, so. But it's just yeah. like, how are you gonna sue? You didn't copyright the idea. You didn't patent it. You didn't go to like a courthouse or anything it just happened to be a brainchild idea from somebody that just happened to work with you they gave it to somebody else that was exactly. it yeah, i think they were pissed off from mattel or something so they kind of did that to get back at them so but still employed and like you mentioned you know what about where's the patent that's probably why they lost so eventually they get to the building and there she's kind of questioning whether to do any of this because the doll she tried to get information from its memory and it's all corrupted because the doll is trying to prevent Gemma from seeing all the actions that the doll has committed so obviously Gemma sees uh caddy arguing with the therapist and she wants to have some alone time and this I thought was really well done to kind of reel Caddy back in when she says that ever since you brought Megan, I don't have to think about the death of my parents. And she's like, you're supposed to. What you're going through right now is something that is so tragic. That is something that you shouldn't be suffering, but you did. You should feel the way you feel because it sucks. And I can't guarantee you're ever gonna be 
fully uh, healed from this. But I guarantee you're going to make it through. And I want to be able to take care of you for that. It was kind of like, yeah, you should feel bad that your parents are gone. Because it's a normal reaction. All Megan's doing is distracting you from your actual emotions. And that's when Caddy kind of like went back to planet Earth. And she decided to bring her home. But they left the doll there. Now that's a big problem because now the boss is like, where's the doll? Where's the presenter? And this and the other because they got this big stream about to go on. But meanwhile, the fucking doll is in the, the hallway doing a weird dance. Kind of yeah, creepy. The doll, the doll gets away from the co-workers. Uh, yeah, that's right. Runs to the boss. Yeah, runs for the boss. And then as the boss is running down the hall, sees his assistant that's stealing the patent. He's like, hold on the elevator. And the guy's trying to close it. And then all of a sudden she stabs him in the stomach. And the guy is like freaking out. And then the doll comes up with this crazy scenario. Yeah, you tried to stole the patent. And he found out about it. So you made a freak plan to kill him. But then you start to wonder yourself, should I have done it? And you feel remorse. And then that's when she slices his throat. And this, that, and the other. It was a pretty well done scene. So obviously the doll lets the elevator open with the two dead bodies. So everybody gets distracted while she gets away and hops into a car to get back to the, to the house. And eventually she makes her way back to the house. To go and kill Gemma. <clears throat> so. They have this big confrontation. They're going back and forth. And eventually. Caddy is there to witness this. And the doll is about to try and sway Caddy. But Caddy. Had a trick up her sleeve and said. I want you to meet another family member. Bruce. Now we didn't touch up on Bruce. Bruce was a college project made by Gemma, which was an early prototype of what Megan was, where you put these gloves on and this robot follows whatever command you do. So Caddy puts on those gloves and starts to rip apart fucking Megan. It was very well done. There were a couple of other scenes I, I glossed over. There was one where Gemma threw water on her on uh, a Megan and then Megan started to do like these weird twitching moves kind of similar to that of the exorcist mixed in with uh, the ring which was very well done yeah and even the final scene with uh, the climax when they kind of ripped Megan apart she's still fighting you know, it kind of reminds me of Terminator a bit when the yeah the T-800 when they blow up the, the bot like and the T-800 still fighting like with his upper half yeah and so eventually the doll is ripped in half it's still trying to fight and eventually they rip the mask off and drive a screwdriver into the hard drive killing the doll and then eventually two police cars show up with the two uh co-workers of megan or excuse me Gemma's, that are very close to her they show up and i guess everything's all well and good because they explain the situation they walk out now during this whole movie Gemma has this thing. It's kind of like an Alexa where she's like, uh, make a call, this, that, and the other. Or tell her the time, tell her the weather. Well, all of a sudden, that thing just turns on all by itself. And it cuts to black, alluding to the fact that the spirit of Megan transformed into that little thing. Yeah, because one thing with Megan, she's able to control the technology around her. 
Exactly. Maybe so the her, hard drive, which is you could say is her soul or her mind, maybe in it may be in I guess the Alexa, as you can say, or maybe yeah. in the computer alluding that Megan, you may have physically destroyed her, but you didn't destroy her hard drive, or whatever. Yeah. Which makes it that much scarier that how are you going to stop her? Because now she could just go into any sort of technological uh, hard drive. So that's the movie. There's other details, but that's the basic gist. I liked it. I did too. There is two versions of Megan's currently streaming on Peacock. There's two versions of the movie, the regular theatrical and the unrated version. Both the same length. I would presume that I saw the unrated version. So I would assume that. I guess with a the theatrical version, they kind of cut out the blood or the gore. Yeah, so and, I watched and maybe unrated. trim some of maybe trim some of the language too, because there really wasn't a lot of swearing. I watched the unrated version, and the gore wasn't that bad, other than the two kills with the the woman next door, where she gets the the hose and the kid's ear getting ripped off by hand. Yeah, that was a good scene. I did like the ear, but other than that, it wasn't that gory, and it wasn't. E- or, and maybe the el- only other, I think the gorgeous scene would probably be the elevator. Mm-hmm. But that was really it, yeah. It wasn't that gory, and I think that's what helped it. It didn't have to be a gore fest. It built to the moment. It built and built and built. And I think that it really built G- Gemma and Caddy's relationship. I think it did a really good job of starting it off as an awkward relationship that didn't know how to progress, and now they can uh, be with each other as aunt and niece and again the child actresses that they got to play megan and caddy both did a tremendous job which is very rare for child actresses to do or actors they did a very good job of finding a good cast to fill the roles there wasn't really anybody in particular that annoyed me no nobody everybody fit their part nobody was out of place nobody was out of place everybody was fine and yeah every role was basically justified so yeah i there wasn't really much complaints i thought that that first scene was gonna be like pointless but then once they tied it in it was like okay everything seems to be on the up and up and i have no complaints in this film no uh no no identity politics which is always great that too um and no over-the-top gore no over-the-top jump scares it's more of a tension building type of movie and there's some scenes that are really well done. Again, the, when the doll gets short-circuited after getting thrown water on it and the way it twitches is really cool. I yeah. thought it was very well done. And again, the way she moves, she moves like a doll. She doesn't move human-like. No, yeah, uh, the actress is from New Zealand. I know parts of this film were shot in New Zealand. This was shot right before, I think, the pan- they closed down because of the pandemic or because of COVID. So they're able to get, like, at least shoot all their porn stuff. Because they shot this in California. Uh, let's see. Uh, all, all the scenes that were at home in that neighborhood, was all that was all in New Zealand, and they just called it Colorado. <laughs> I love when movies do that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they did a very good job with this. I got to give credit to everyone involved, and even Blumhouse. I mean, this was what they call, a, I guess, a sleeper hit. It was, yeah, I, I had no problems with it. This was very good. This I'm was very... everything I wanted the Chucky remake to be. Oh, well, you were never going to get that. No. At least, I. why, I mean, and by that I mean they didn't call it Chucky. They called it something else. Right. You could even say this was a bit of a, this was a bit of a satire on, I guess, 
corporate media, how they are with children toys. I mean, just the opening scene. That like something out of a kid's commercial you'd see on Nickelodeon. That was the interesting thing. When I pulled this movie up, that was like one of the first scenes that comes up is a children's commercial for a toy. And I thought to myself, is Peacock playing an ad right now? Come to find out, it was the movie. Yeah, that was, that was nice. I thought so. I was like, oh, damn, another ad. I was ready to fast forward. Wait, I think this part of the movie. Yeah. When, once I noticed how ridiculous the toy was, I was like, hmm, I don't know if this is an actual toy. Yeah. I, I, it's a, like so that's that's the, Sarah, the, the satire part of the film. I mean, you can even say it's a bit of a black comedy in some scenes, at least. At least with that. Yeah, I didn't see much black comedy here. There wasn't like there was some jokes, but. Nothing out of the ordinary that would get no, me. that kid telling his mother to go, to go to go fuck herself. Yeah, that was funny, but it wasn't like ridiculed with all that all over yeah, the Yeah, it, it'd take you out of the film, you know. It's just a there little was a, There was a lot of dark shit. Like, again, a girl losing her parents at a young age and now having to live with her aunt. Yeah, even the presentation, they had they obviously had something else planned, but when the robot said, like, let's talk about your dead parents. Like, everyone in the board was like, oh, God. Yeah, <laughs> this they is didn't dark. know. <laughs> And it's just lucky that it ended on a positive note. So, and this was a very well paced film, very well done. I, you already are going to ask me, two thumbs up. Yeah, same here. Two thumbs up for me as well. Um, I was not, maybe it's because my expectations for this was pretty low. That's why, maybe that's why I enjoyed this a lot more than maybe I should have. But yeah, I really enjoyed this. I had a, I had a lot of fun with this one. I always try to put my expectations on the back burner because you don't want to be disappointed. I'd rather go in thinking the movie's going to suck and then it does suck than to go in thinking it's going to be great and then it sucks. Yeah. So I had no expectations going in and it did very well. Yeah, because I looked at this, I was like, oh, okay, it looks like it's, they're going to try to do, I guess, a Chucky remake right. Because it was very similar, but I mean, here I think this was approached way better and I, I think they had I, it was just a better movie and i'm already reading they have plans to do a sequel to be released in 2025 so yes it was so yeah it was successful they already greenlit a sequel 2.0 looks like everybody's going to be coming back including the writer and possibly the director as well the director was gerald uh, johnston i'm not familiar with his name i'm not familiar with his work this is his second film well, he did good. He did good with this film. So, I trust him. Yeah. So, it seems like all the all the players are coming back. So, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to the sequel. I mean, obviously, they definitely left it open. Um, there was only a total of five deaths in this film. Yeah, you had the boy. You had boy, the two parents. The dog. Oh, wait, not the parents. Okay, that's seven. Yeah, and then, yeah, the guy and the boy. Well, the, the parents weren't killed by the doll. Or had oh. Nowhere. I forgot about the boy too, so that's eight. Damn, I'm fucking up here. Well, hold up. The two parents, you had the boy, you had the, the woman, the dog. So what, that's five. And then the uh, the two men at the building, that's seven. I think it's seven. Who else yeah, died? Let me see. Uh, now I gotta count. Parents, that's two. Uh, boy, they got hit by a car, that's three. The dog, four. Neighbor of the dog, five. The boss, six. Boss assistant, seven. Oh, shit, you might yeah. be right. Seven. Yeah, seven. But, you got again, 
the parents were not killed by the doll or had no affiliation of their death with the doll. Yeah, they were just a car accident, yeah. Yeah. I actually thought that Gemma's co-workers were going to die, but they didn't. Oops, they so didn't, probably. yeah. So, yeah, I was, I was quite surprised by that, too. Like, oh, wow, they made it. Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe in the sequel. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Yeah, we'll have to see, yeah. But um, overall, um, two thumbs up from the both of us. This was a good movie. I had a lot of fun with this. It has its uh, satire elements to it. It has some uh, comedic elements to it as well. That's why I kind of made the argument. It has a little touch of black com- comedy. Um, good act, good performances from everyone involved. I thought everybody did a good job. It has its campy moments, which it makes a nice, which you put it all together, you have a nice little fun film. No identity politics, no woke moments, no none of that shit. It's just, let's just make a fun horror film. And, and it, is. Knows, it may be a hit. And it was. They did a good job. They did a good job, yep. It was, yeah, PG-13 or rated R, no matter which version you want to watch. It's up on Peacock right now. If you're those that like to own physical media, it's going to be released on DVD and Blu-ray at the end of March. So, as you know, bring on the sequel. Let's do it. Yeah, let's see where they go from here. Yep. And I think that's going to do it for this episode of Fractured Skulls. We got a good movie. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to be doing next week, but we'll figure something out. I guess it has to be woman-starred. Uh, sure. Oh, okay. We're not doing Women's History Month. Awesome. Awesome. Well, I mean, mean, we could. I mean, I don't know. Maybe. I mean, there's anything good. Uh, Please, don't don't subjugate me to this. (laughs) Well... For uh, Monoxide, I'm Terminator Travis. I can't think of a quote from this movie. Uh, You don't have to come up with a quote. Just be like, it's just a doll. It's just a stupid doll.